Anybody notice this box on stage? You wonder what's in it? Hmm. Well, you know, it's that time of year where people are packing things up and trying to figure out and get their houses cleaned and all that. I thought we'd do this today. I, I, I brought this box, and it's kind of big. But what's funny about boxes is you may never have thought of it this way, but your mind kind of works in boxes. Have you thought of that? You might think file folders or shelves, but basically what our human brain, the way it works is we get information and we put them in boxes. We put it in boxes. And then we sort the boxes and we kind of keep it like that. Some of them, some of the boxes are messy, like boxes that you store things in your house. Kind of the same thing. It's funny, we, we organize our thoughts, we, we put things in categories, we have a box for this one sort of thing, and this sort of thing, and this sort of thing. Sometimes we put things in here that are the same, and then you might notice that your boxes, you have different things, or you compare them, like certain things go in this box, certain things go in a different box. And sometimes we compare, contrast, and then sometimes what will happen is we have to find out we have to reorder our boxes. How many of you do that? Maybe you go into your storage area and you realize, oh, I've got things in this box really belong in this box, and you want to make it more orderly. Your mind, you do the same thing. In your mind, you have certain things and categories you build, and as you build them, you realize, oh, this doesn't fit in this place in my mind anymore. Let me give you an example. When little children are growing and their little minds are forming, you don't realize it, but they have all these boxes in their little brains, and you are putting things in the right order. You help them order their minds. That sounds weird, but let me give you an example that is silly, but it'll work for you. It'll make sense. Let's say your house, you have a cat. I don't know why you'd have a cat. I'm just kidding. We have a cat. But the cat I like acts like a dog, just to be clear. But let's say you have a cat. And that's what your kid knows, right? They have a box in their brain that cat fits in. And then they look across the fence to the neighbor's yard And they see a dog, and in their little brain, they think cat. And you say, no, 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 that's that's a dog. So all of a sudden, they have a box that the cat fits in, and they have to have another box for dog. Then you're driving out, and maybe you're out in the country, and you see a cow, and they say, dog. You say, no, no, that's a cow. So again, they've got a box with a cat, now a dog, now a cow. And then in the same field, maybe you see a horse and they say cow. And you say what? No, that's a horse. And then you see a lizard. And then, then you see a snake that looks like a lizard, but it's got no legs. And, but everything else is kind of the same. And they just keep adding boxes and boxes and boxes to their brain so that in their mind, they've got them in the right order. And that's how we do it. That's, there's, it wasn't really, forgive this, but brain surgery to make file folders in your computer because all, that, all the developers did is said, this is how we order information in our own brains. We have categories for everything. And then when that one doesn't fit, you create another one and another one and another one. And then maybe you group them in groups that fit. And that's how it works. That's how we do it. But sometimes there can be problems with our boxes. Have you noticed that? Things don't fit anymore. There's big problems, though. Sometimes we try to fit things in this box, a certain box that don't really fit anymore. Or we want to define the box for ourselves. I don't know if you notice our society today, but they're trying to demand that things fit in a box that really wasn't made for those things. You notice that there's redefinitions of terms like 
What is life or gender or marriage or fair or equal or equity or morality? Or We do it all the time. There's problems too because there are certain things we want to fit in boxes that don't always fit. We try to put certain people in a box or relationships in a box or a certain job in a box. And the problem with that is they don't always fit or they don't want to be in that box. And sometimes it gets tough because... We have other problems. Sometimes our box is too small for the things we have in it or maybe even too big. And sometimes it's like we want to separate some boxes or even hide some boxes. We don't want people to see what's in a certain box. And we try to keep this box away from all the other boxes. There's times too where we put things in a box that we want to just even hide from ourselves. Maybe they're hurts and we want to ignore that they're there. But what happens is you put that in there and you cover it up and in the darkness it festers and grows and it creates bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. And it will never be fixed if you don't open that box, get into the ugly of it and fix it. And then what happens is when you try to do that with those things, those things end up affecting other boxes and you don't even realize it. I'm not trying to be gross, but... You ever had fruit that's gone bad? What happens? You just ignore it? It starts to get gross and moldy and melt right in your fruit bowl. And it affects all the other fruit. It's the same with those things. You think you've got it contained and hidden, but you don't. It's in that box and you try to shove it down and it keeps creeping out and you push it back and you cover it up. And maybe you put another layer of tape and then the box starts to get all gross and spread around and the contents spill and sometimes you even forget what's in them it's affecting things and you don't even remember you put it in there but it's in there what's sad is sometimes we put people in boxes and we want them to stay that way and they don't like it and they feel confined and they feel like well that's not really accurate of me and that's not who I am we do it all it's just how we are I'm not even trying to make necessarily yet, I will, but I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings yet. You know how it is? You see somebody walking up and you automatically try to figure out what box of mine do they fit in? Friend, foe, nice, angry, mean. You can't help it. It's who we are. It's how we are. God made us this way. It's not a bad thing. You've got to figure out the world and how do you do it? You see the world come at you and you try to figure out what box they fit in. And how does it all work? Can I trust that person? Is this person going to be a friend? Then sometimes what happens is you make a judgment about what box they're in, and you want to close it off, and you cancel them and say, they don't exist for me anymore. Maybe it's something for you. It's like uh, you think they should be in a different box, or they think they should be in a different box. We put church in a box, too. Have you noticed that? Church goes in a box. You have certain things you expect to get in church. Or when you come, it's, there's a certain thing that should fit in the box. And when it doesn't fit, sometimes you're like, wait a minute. That's not the box I want. I'm going to find a different box. You got to wonder sometimes, are you a producer or a consumer? Are you a co-owner? Are you on a cruise ship or part of the crew? All that's the box you got us in, the church in. It's all different. Do you, do you realize in addition to all those other things that we put God in a box? 
I was so excited I found this paper. And this kind of box you'd be in up in the clouds, far away, uninvolved in your life. That's the box some people have him in. Some people have him in a box where he's close and tender and caring. Some people have him in a box where he's angry and vicious and looking to, to ruin their life at every turn. Some people have him in a box where it says that, that anything fun I want to do, he said it's wrong, so I don't want him around, so I'm going to put him in this box because that's who he is and I'm going to do my thing on my own. Some people have those boxes for him. Some people have him in a box where he's fair and holy. Some people have him in a box where he's present and involved and they keep the box really close. They carry it with them all the time. Some people just take that box and put it on a shelf and it gets dusty and they ignore it and other boxes get piled up and around it and they don't even know where it is. For some people, the box is, is giving and he's giving and for some people, the box he's taking. Let me get personal for a minute. Where, where is your God box? Yours. Not whoever you're sitting with or somebody you know. I'm talking about your box. Doesn't matter what age you are, you've got a box for God. And I'm just wondering where yours is. Where is it at in your life? <laughs> Do you keep it close? Is it on a shelf? Is it, is it something you only bring out when you need it and something's going on? And you're like, oh, wait a minute, where is that? Oh, yeah, 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 he's over there. Let me go get that and get it close because I need to open it now because stuff's going wrong and I need him out in my life again. For some people, they, they wonder what he's even doing in there. Like, why, why do I even have this box? He's never done anything for me. He didn't, he didn't help me when I needed him that moment. I don't even know why I have this box sitting around. <laughs> some people wonder, like, why is he even there? What is your box? I, I described a bunch of boxes earlier, but I'm wondering what your box actually says about him. As I was describing those boxes, I know what happens because we're humans. You, in your mind, you ticked off the parts of the kind of box you had for him. If I said, do you fear him? Some of you said, no way, that's not my box for him. Now, you didn't say it out loud, I get it. But in your mind, you automatically did it. You thought, no, 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 that's not the category I have him in. That's not the folder, that's not the box, that's not the shelf, that's not who he is to me. But I'm asking you right now, what is your box for him? Do you see him as loving and caring and kind? I mean, when you have a problem, what do you do first? Do you go to this box? Your, God, your box probably doesn't have clouds on it. I don't know. What do you do? Do you question him? Do you trust him? Do you love him? Do you judge him? <laughs> Does he scare you? Does what's in this box scare you? Does it comfort you? Does it bring you peace? Do you have so many questions that you just can't, you just can't deal with him? Does he shame you? Does he worry you? It's not a very big box, is it? How big's your box for God? How big would a box have to be to have God in it? I mean, really in it. Have you ever seen those things on TV? Maybe you've even done this where you've gotten in a box and surprised somebody. I saw something recently on Funniest Home Videos where they, they built it up like it was going to be like a proposal. Instead, it was his sister. It was pretty funny. The box couldn't contain it. I mean, how big is your box for God? I mean, can you really define him? 
Do you really, do you really think a box that you have for him can decide and limit what he does? We do that, though. Or here's what we do. We, the box we have him in most of the time is built on the fact of what he's done in our life. We, t- we take what he's done for us in, a, in our life, and then that becomes the definition of the box, and we put God in, and we say, okay, this is how you did before. This is how you will do in the future. Right? Isn't that true? The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. I mean, we have this law of c- continuity in our lives and in our brains. We know this is how the world has worked. I know when I turn the key, my car starts and I drive a certain way because those roads led me to church last week. It's how it works. So whatever he's done for us in the past, we say, this is what God does. He works like this. But what we don't realize is he can do what he wants. And your box doesn't contain him that way. How about this? Some of us, we only have a box for him we only have space in the box for him for what we want him to do. Now, we've heard other descriptions about what God does. And we're like, well, that ain't my God. My God does this stuff and just this stuff. He doesn't do those other things. For some people, they do it like this. Um, I don't want him any different, so he needs to stay in there. You know what I just thought of? Do you think he could look in your other boxes? Are you good with that? Remember I talked about hiding that box in the back? Can he look in every box? Because your God's so limited that he stays in this box and doesn't mess with your other boxes. Do you really think that the one that God created could tell the creator what his box looks like? Do we decide that? I mean, really. Are you the one who could say, no, God, God, you fit right here, and that's it. He doesn't do that. The created, it doesn't say to the creator, this is your box, stay here. And yet, we do that all the time. We think we can tell him where he can go, what he can do, what he can say, how he sets the rules, how high, how far, how deep, how low. You know who decides this box, God's box? It's not me. It is not me. You don't want me to decide God's box. But it's also not you. You don't decide it either. It's not you. It's not me. It's not our culture. It's not a political party. It's none of those things. They don't decide that. You know who decides this box? He does. He decides it. He decides what it is. We don't go to him and say, no, 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 this is your box. You need to get back in here. This is who you are. I know you don't like that. Why would you think he would like that? He doesn't live like that. It's not who he is. He doesn't live in a box of our own making. He's not contained by any of this. That's why for the Jews, in a cultures everywhere around them, they had idols and creatures, and they, st- they worshipped stars and motions and, of stars, and they, they worshipped the dark and the light, and they had an animal. And He said, I'm not contained by any of those boxes. Those are not me. You cannot make an image of me because an image cannot contain me. I am nowhere near being able to be contained by the human mind. Our minds are finite. He's infinite. There's no way you could put him in a box. No box of your making would fit him. It would never, ever, ever work that way. Not only is he in no box like that, he has defined himself and his, what he did is he came to earth in the person of his son to say, you keep trying to put me in boxes. I will show you now who I am 
and I will draw you to myself, and I will redeem you. That's why when he does that, he not only has given us his, his, who he is and described himself in the scriptures, but then what he has done is he said this, if you seek after me, you will find me, but you have to look. In the book of Jeremiah in 29, 13, he says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I've had people ask me, why, why does God make it so hard? Why didn't he just show up and be here? And why, why do I have to find him? Why? Here's why. It's actually a simple answer. It comes down to this, free will. He's not going to coerce or force you to follow him. You choose. You can do this. You can take this box. You can put it on the ground. You can put it back in another room. You can put it on a shelf. You can ignore him all you want. But that doesn't change it. The fact is, when you look for him, you will find him. But he's still not defined by your box. He defines himself. That's why the writer of Hebrews wrote it this way. Long ago, God spoke many times to our ancestors and through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. (laughs) And he sustains everything by his mighty power the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. He didn't even stop there. He came to pursue a relationship with you. That's why when Jesus was talking to one of the religious rulers about him, he said to him, for God, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. We think we can define him and keep him in a box. He's not limited to any of that. Some of you who are new in the faith, I know you've got a box where God is. And you're, you maybe you're a newer Christ follower and you're trying to figure out where he fits and how it works. And you're looking at some of us who've been Christians a long time and you're thinking, well, the, the God they describe, I, I guess that's him, so I'll, I'll put him in this box too. And we just keep adding to our boxes based on, or to our box of where God is based on what we've seen and what we experience and what we see in other people. The p- problem is, as humans, we always try to define him for ourselves when he has defined himself. He basically said, you want to know what I'm like? Look at Jesus. Treat people the way Jesus treated them. Be who Jesus is. That's who I am. But we don't do that. Look at what we've done. I mean, the Greek gods, I mean, they're just selfish, envious, lustful. Jealous, lying, cheating, humans, just more powerful. That's it. They're just like us. That's the box we want because we can relate to that box. The problem is that's not who God is. He's way, way above that. Now, I mentioned I know how this works because I've done the same thing. The box for God that you have, how did you build that box? What did it look like? Mine started when I was really young. My parents were Christians, raised me in church. We saw amazing things. When I was a kid in the Philippines, that's where my box with, for God started. That's what I remember. And we would go to church off base a lot of times, and the spirit would move. I saw, I saw demons cast out. I saw people healed. The, my God in this box does those things. I've seen him do crazy things. I've seen him do it in my own home. I've seen... Times where my dad was gone and my mom would pray for something that 
may seem insignificant, but if you're a mom, basically a single parent, raising kids and your husband's gone and you need a parking place because you've got kids to wrangle and get into the grocery store. And we used to tease her and God would answer her prayers. I remember one time driving to church and uh, the car just stopped running and she prayed, God, what are we gonna do? And it's getting dark and you don't want just some stranger come. There's two little kids and a, a mom. And she just prayed, God, send somebody to help us. And this guy stopped and got our car going and we drove to church and that's how we lived our lives. So I'm healed my little sister twice, once in the womb when my mom and I ended up, we went to the doctor, we were sick and had German measles and the doctor said, your baby's gonna be, be deformed, you know, and um, he said, you can end this pregnancy if you wanted. And um, I didn't understand any of that. I was 10, nine, 10. We went to church on a Wednesday night and the pastors laid hands on us and we went back and she was, we didn't have it, we're healed. That's the God I have in this box. If you haven't had those experiences, I understand your God may not fit my box. I've seen him do those things. I've seen that. I've seen him do things, and I've met with him where I feel like he's speaking right to me, and I feel like I know who he is, and I know what's going on. And, and I feel like for a lot of us, we, we have a box for him, and maybe you haven't had those experiences, so maybe for you it's not the same. I've... I've met him at church. I've met him at an altar. I've met him outside of an ocean. I've met him at a lake. I've met him in the mountains. I've met him in the desert. I've, I've had times where I feel like he's spoken to me. And it doesn't matter where it was. It could be any of those places. It could be right here in these steps. And I'd love for you to come to meet him after service and spend some time with him in prayer. Because he meets us in these places. But a lot of times what happens is your box may not fit like that. And you may not think, I don't need to do that to meet him. And you don't, actually. You can meet him anywhere. My point is you need to be able to meet with him. And sometimes your box doesn't allow for that because you don't realize he wants that for you. For you, you may not even pray pray for the things that you need because maybe you haven't seen it happen. So he's not in your box that way. And you don't realize he heals. He does things that are miraculous. He does things way beyond what you could ever do. I've seen him take people's addictions that they've struggled with forever and be gone overnight. I've talked to people recently, just this week I talked to somebody who told me they quit smoking and I'm like, how did you do it? Because I've got friends who really struggle with that. It's a tough one to, to, to end. And they said, when I became a Christian, I just asked God to help and he, he did it. And there are other people who haven't had it quite like that. They really had to work at it. My point is, if you've never had those things happen, maybe you don't realize that your box is too small. The God you have is too small because that's not who he is. I don't know about you. I've beaten this analogy to death already, haven't I? Are you getting this? What I really want you to understand is no matter what box you have him in, he's not in there. I hope you've been sitting here thinking, wait a minute, pastor, you're not saying that God actually fits in a box, are you? I'm not. What I really want you to hear is this. He doesn't fit in my box, and he doesn't fit in your box. And I guarantee you, if you've walked with Christ a long time, even you have built a box for him, and you've actually limited who he is. No matter what he's done for you in the past, even the past sometimes can be limited because we think that's the only way he's going to ever act. The fact is, he's bigger than any of y'all's boxes. In Missouri, if you're watching from out of state, sometimes we say that. Sometimes we say, all y'all. No matter what box you have, 
He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. No matter how you have experienced him in the past, he wants you to experience him more now. Now, I know that sounds weird to some of you because you're thinking, I, don't, I, don't have, I haven't had any of these things you're talking about. But what I want you to understand, he's bigger than all of that. If you've seen miracles before, he wants to do more. If you've had experiences with him in the past, he wants more of that. If you've had times where you have been praying and you feel like time has just gone like that and you feel like you've had an experience with him, he wants more of that. Do not limit him by whatever box you think he fits in. He does not. The only box that limits him or that he will fit in is that one that is Jesus Christ that you see in the Gospels. And he did more than any of that. There is one box, though, that he will not mess with. He will not explode. Pastor Nick, if you could join me. That box may be surprising to you, but it's your, bo- your heart box. The fact is this. Every single one of you have Christ and you have the opportunity to have a relationship with him that is far beyond what you've ever had before. Far deeper, far more broad, far more consistent, far more than you have ever experienced in the past. But some of us, you have a box and the box is actually around your heart and it's keeping him out. The book of Revelation, John wrote this book of Revelation and in the book of Revelation, there's a lot to that book. But in that book, one of the things that he does is Jesus writes these letters to churches that were existing churches at the time. One of them is called Laodicea. It's in in Turkey. It's in Asia Minor. That church, as he's writing that book, he, he says this to them. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. That's an interesting story. I'm going to move this over here because I don't want to be distracted by it anymore. The thing about that letter, and he's writing to the church. A lot of times we had that picture up. There's a picture of that that's really common with Jesus knocking at a door at night. I always thought that was for like people who were not Christians. It's not. It's actually Christians. That was a church. And the letter he writes to them, it's... It's really a sad letter because it it doesn't end with just that. He says this. He says, write this letter to the church in Laodicea. This is a message from the one one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have everything, I don't, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And so I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you'll be able to see I will correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. It's written to Christians. It's written to us. What you need to understand is God is not going to barge in and just blow open that box. He's going to knock on that door and you have to open the door. This question I have for you today is for every single person in the room. Do you want that? Do you want a relationship? Did you hear what he wants with you? It's amazing to me. He says what he wants from us is to come in and have a meal together. 
He wants a fellowship relationship with you. He doesn't want this passing relationship where maybe he's an inconvenience or just something you do on Sundays. He doesn't want something that maybe has been something that you had from him in the past and limited to just that. He doesn't want something from you that is just a passing glance or an acquaintance. He wants a relationship. No matter what your box for him has been, he's bigger than that. No matter how big your box for him has been, he wants more. He wants relationship with you that starts today, lasts for literally eternity. Now, some of you may be here today and you're new at all this and you're thinking, I don't know him at all like that. But you can. You can today. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me for right now, everybody in the room. We're going to close this service a little different, but what I'm going to ask is this. If you want more of him, I'm just going to ask you to come down and as Pastor Nick plays and I just want us to take a moment and just tell him you want him. I'm going to invite you all, anybody who wants that to come. It's a simple thing. He stands at the door and knocks. He wants to know, are you going to enter into a deeper relationship with him today? Tomorrow? This week? This month? This year? It's your choice. We have a reading plan that we've started. It's If you haven't started it yet, you can jump in with us. You're not too far behind. It's not that tough. It's been really, really rewarding so far. And we're only on like the ninth day. It's been great. Something else is Pastor Nick put a great prayer guide on the website. If you go on our website, it's the first thing you'll see. If you click on that, you will find a prayer guide. Because some of you are probably thinking, how do I do this? It's not really that hard to spend time with him. And it's a prayer guide that you can just walk through and do. Pastor Jeremy, and in our announcements, we mentioned fasting. I've had some people ask, well, why do we fast at all? Well, what it is, it's about you prioritizing prayer and a relationship with God above one of your most basic needs. Now, you can go a long time without food. I know that's hard to believe, and it's hard to believe looking at me, but you can. When you put that above your human needs, your basic human needs, it's about your focus. It's not about coercing God or, or trying to get him to do things for you. It's about you developing a relationship with him. I'm going to invite you to do this. Everybody in this room, anybody watching online, if there are specific things you want uh, us as a staff to pray with you about, email those prayers to prayer at crownpointchurch.com. Remember, point has an E on it. We're the pointy church. Prayer at point, crownpointchurch.com. And we will stand with you as we fast and pray these next two weeks. So let's do this. I'm going to pray for you. And if you want to make a commitment to expand your box, to say, God, however big you are, I want all of that. I just want you to come and pray with us at the altar for a few minutes. Just join us down here. If you want specific prayer, we will pray for you too. But join us right now as you would pray. I'm going to just pray. And if you want that from him, you come down and tell him that. It's simple like that. God, we come before you today. God, we are people who, sadly, we put you in boxes that are too small. And in boxes that we've hidden on a shelf. In boxes that we've only accessed when it's convenient. And we want more of you than that. God, we want a relationship with you that is beyond all of that. God, we want a relationship with you that extends far beyond all of that. God, we want a relationship with you that is a daily, hourly, moment by moment experience where we commune with you through the day. 
and into the night as we lay our head on the pillow. God, we want that from you. God, we come before you as people who want to see you do miracles in our lives. God, we want to see miracles in our friends and our families' lives. God, we want to see miracles in our nation. We want to see you proclaimed as God above and beyond everything else in this world. Father, we know that you are a God who heals and loves and cares. And we ask, God, that you would do those, those things that we have limited you from doing by just putting you in a small little box. And as you're coming today, uh, Frank had a, a prophetic word for you. I want you to hear. And for some of you, I think this will help you in your relationship with him to hear what God is wanting with you. So, Frank, if you would come and read that. This is what the Lord wants each one of you to know. My plan for you is com a complete plan, tailored specifically for you. Built into this plan is any course corrections that I need to make by me and through me as I see necessary. My plan for you and has always been for victory. I created you to be the head and not the tail, to lead in truth and not to follow a lie. Your life is to be a reflection of my perfection, not of deception and rejection. Just as I stood at the door of your heart and knocked, I didn't force my way in, so now I lead you, not with a harness, but I lead you and ask you to follow. If you're confused and your direction has become unclear, return to the table and let's review where my plan is leading and where your plan has taken you. I am the master of course corrections. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Would you respond to that and just thank him for that? Amen. We're going to close this service, but we will pray with whoever and how long as you want to pray. God bless you. Don't make your box too small for him. Those who want to pray, we'll continue to pray. God bless you. Can I pray with you?